I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Reflections. I am here, of course, with my goofy little partner in crime, Frankie C. Hey. It's been a good week for you, I hear. It has. Yes. A little I, nomination. Yes. I'm very... Uh, thank you for bringing that up, actually. I'm very... Uh, very happy to uh, the British Columbia Country Music Association. So it's like our provinces, which is like the equivalent of the state, a state in the United States. And it's our uh, Country Music Association Awards. And yeah, I got nominated uh, for Songwriter of the Year for this song uh, that that I wrote with um, an artist named Taylor Ray. And it's called If This Is Love. And it's a, it's a wonderful song. I'm very proud of it. And I'm really glad to get some recognition for it. It's kind of cool, right? Yeah, congratulations. It is a beautiful song. Oh, thank you. And uh, very well written. Yeah, and I, I, yeah very deserving. Proud. Yeah, it's funny. Awards are awards are a funny thing, though, right? You know, because like music is so subjective, and it's hard to like what makes a song better than like what makes a songwriter of the year over another songwriter of the year. You know, like at that once you get to like the final, and the winner is at that point, it's kind of like, eh. oh come on, don't discredit yourself. It is cool to be nominated. You know, because we go to a big music awards show and it's a big night and like here and there's like a lot of people and it's nice just to sort of have your name kind of announced with like people you really respect and people you admire and people you work with all the time. And it's a fun uh, community kind of moment. It'll be a heck of a night. I'm sure I'm going to be paying for it the next day after, I'm sure. But uh, that's how music awards ceremonies go, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally worth, worth it. it man. And what's been going on with you? I don't know. I, I had a pretty just fun sync week. Oh, cool. uh, of rights wrote a hyperpop song what's hyperpop it's just like pop on steroids it's just really like amp up the tempo lots of effects on the vocal or like pitch it up or pitch it down it's sort of just like a no holds bar version of pop wow that's crazy I saw you were, I saw some clip on Instagram that you were playing some piano too. You were kind of getting to the keys and stuff. Did John Frank post that? Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm, should I plug a new artist project that I'm starting or is that weird? I think, no, I think that's great. So I'm going to be starting a new artist project just under my last name, Francis, where I can kind of release some of these more sentimental, heartfelt pop songs that I've been writing over the years. And I just don't really feel like... As Frankie C, they really fit with all the upbeat, quirky rap style stuff that I've been putting out. So, yeah, I mean, literally, it's I'm just starting to write for it and develop it. Um, but hopefully, 
you know, 2024, I'll start really that's pushing amazing. the social media game with it. Yeah, it's exciting. You, you, it's, it's great because you're such like a, a multi, multi-threat artist because and artist-writer because you can produce all your own stuff. So you just have the ability to like, all you got to do is like hunker down and spend the time on, on the songs you want to release and out they come to the world. So Francis, so we got to look for Francis in Yeah, Francis with an I. How else would you spell Francis? Well, the female version of spelling is with a E, E, apparently. That's right. Yeah, so Francis with an I. So that's Mm -hmm. like another Instagram account I'm going to have to follow. Yeah, another. Just add it to the list. (laughs) Just add it to the list sharing memes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So funny. Hey, man, speaking of uh, 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 great artists like yourself, but ones who have gone into the stratosphere... I feel like Taylor Swift comes up a lot in our conversations. Maybe maybe not as much as other artists, but certainly she's always ever-present. But what's really interesting about... She just did this documentary. I, I don't know if you... I, I haven't seen it yet, but she released this music documentary. And the music documentary became the highest-grossing concert film in the history of the United States. So it beat out Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. So Bieber, a good Canadian kid. So she's, she's now... T-Swift is on top. Um, which is crazy, right? But not not really surprising because T Swift is like T Swift, right? So yeah, anything she does is yeah, she's always number one. Um, but it's funny because there's two interesting things about this documentary. So number one, a bunch of people are complaining because fans in the theater are like going nuts, and so like theater etiquette is being thrown out. You know, like in a movie, like you're not <laughs> supposed to talk or scream or shit like yeah. that. Like you know, a horror movie, I guess you people scream or whatever but like so apparently what's happening is fans are going to the theater to watch this thing and then they're going ape shit like they're at a concert and then so other people who are just trying to enjoy it are really pissed off at all these like swifties just going going nuts at a thing and they're all complaining about theater etiquette and they're like they're asking the theaters to remind people that you can't be standing up you can't be like screaming really loud i don't know i think they're wrong like if you're gonna go see a taylor swift concert in theaters like uh, you better be singing along. Yeah, you better dude. be getting up out of your seat. It's a concert. Like, yeah, it is a concert. That that's the bottom line. It's a concert. It's and a concert. so you know, like, yeah. just get over it. Um, and so it's so funny listening to like, and I could just see like curmudgeons sitting there, like, and but also part of me is like, who goes to a Taylor Swift screening of a Taylor Swift documentary and then is a curmudgeon about anything? Like, you f- you think <laughs> it'd just be like the people that would go to it are just like fun loving people you know yeah i don't know you know could you imagine like some 72 year old guys like i'm going to the taylor swift documentaries <laughs> he's sitting in the back like these kids gotta sit down i want <laughs> i want to hear you know out of the woods or something like that you know he's just like he's just loving it anyhow and and so that's kind of funny and then here's another thing that's really interesting about this is that there's been like kind of a revolutionary release of the documentary because taylor swift instead of going through a studio, because normally when movies come out, right, they'd go through a Hollywood studio and the studio would then distribute it, right? Much like music is distributed by a label or something like that. Well, Taylor Swift skipped the studios, skipped the streamers, and just made her own deal with a movie theater chain called AMC Theaters, which is like the biggest chain in the United States. So basically, she just went like, she skipped the middlemen of or the middle persons of distribution and just her team negotiated its own deal with movie theaters which is really wild so like that's that's super 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 like new that's super novel novel in the sense that 
you know, normally you this, a studio does it right, like you know, you know, Warner Brothers or whatever, and then it goes out. So she kind of she's kind of revolutionized distribution now because of doing this, which is pretty crazy. You can't gatekeep Taylor Swift. No, dude, you cannot. And that's I think that's the really crazy thing that I love about her is that man, it feels like every time she does something, she does something cool and new. And sort of breaks barriers in different ways. I wish she had been able to break streaming barriers a little bit. Like there was that one point where she had said, I'm going to pull all my stuff from streaming platforms if it, if it, if I'm not getting compensated properly. Yeah. Um, and then it like just kind of fizzled out and then she Dude, ended up putting her stuff on it. So it was like, but it really does feel like in general, she's this powerhouse that can't be stopped when, you know, she and her team decide that they want to do something that way. Um, I remember when I couldn't even order, uh, was it a Papa John's pizza without like, you know, uh, a CD in the box or whatever. What? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've like her and her team have always been kind of on the like cutting edge front of business and marketing choices yeah. for yeah. any artist. And they partner with brands that you just would never think that maybe an artist would. And at one point they were putting her CD in Papa John's pizza boxes. I think this was for the red album wow and uh, every time you ordered a pop john's pizza like a certain one you would get the album dude she's that i didn't even know that that's crazy that's amazing and then it's funny because then you have like you two who like gave their album for free to everyone on apple and everyone hated it they're like why is why is you two on my phone right now i was so mad because apple carplay automatically plays stuff in your library and i didn't have anything in my apple library on my phone at that point and so since U2 was the only album in there, every time I got into my car, it would blast U2 yeah, super like, loud. Yeah. Like, Frank, you love your U2, eh? You're they like, took no. it too far. Too Don't ever far. give me anything for free without asking me first. But I'm a Swifty. She could never take it too far. Yeah, I, I, I will I love be her. loyal for all of time. So Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the, that, the music doc. I think, I bet you it's amazing. I bet you it just looks cool. And I bet you it's like, because it's, I think they so, did. Like, I thought it was just her concert live. Is it actually a documentary? No, like, no, no. It, sorry, it? it is. It is her concert live. For some reason, they call it a music doc, like a live music documentary. I, think. I mean, I so, guess like, like from a film category standpoint, that is what it is. Yeah, like, technically, because you are technically recording someone like in the in their life. You're not like it's not a script and and things like that. So it is kind of a documentary in in that way. But it's yeah. like apparently it's the collection. She did a bunch of shows at SoFi Stadium, and it's like. So the best clips, which is how they do music docs now, right? Like they film like 10 concerts and then they they pick like the best moments of all 10 of those and they fuse them into one ultimate concert that all looks like it's one concert. But when in reality, it's sort of the best stuff. I always remember like my favorite live music doc is uh, The Last Waltz, the band. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's considered kind of like it's considered one of the greatest musical documentary movies ever made. And it's just phenomenal. Like the music in it is crazy and it's just like the band and the, it's their final show as a band and before they break up and it's like Neil Young comes out and Joni Mitchell comes out and, 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 you know, like all these different artists like come to sing and it's just a real, real crazy, great, great documentary. But I don't think Taylor Swift's trying to do that. I think she's just trying to rock people's socks off. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that like, there's been so many artists that have been releasing documentaries of even ones that it's feel, I feel like it's like you're not really even worthy of a documentary yet. Why are we getting a documentary for this? But I feel like when Taylor Swift released Miss Americana, her documentary 
year five six years back it seems like it just kind of opened this floodgate of all these artists being like well i need a documentary too you know if taylor swift has one like i should have one um and for the most part i think that they're just a great thing to have from a business standpoint as an artist like different way of monetizing income different way of getting new fans and yeah i mean miss americana made me double down as a t-swift fan so do you know who also we talk about a lot on this, but unfortunately some sad news, not super sad, but sad, I'm sure for her, is, is our girl Maren Morris, whom we both love. Mm-hmm. But big news, her and Ryan Hurd are getting divorced, a golden couple of, of Nashville. It was a golden Nashville couple, but, uh, you know, to every season there is an end. And Isn't it I weird with like, end. yeah, I guess so. Isn't it weird though, like with, it must be tough being a celebrity couple. Oh, I can't even imagine. Like, cause like, you know, we have a lot of friends, they're married, some, most of them, maybe not most, but some of them happily. And, and, you know, you yourself are married, of course, and happily married. And, and yet there's like the normal marriages where you're not under the microscope of like the day to day, you know, the, the microscope of just being famous or being like a celebrity or being a very high profile artist or anything like that. And I can imagine that that microscope puts a lot of pressure on a relationship, you know, like for instance, like we talked about how Mary Morris is sort of leaving country music right she's going all pop and not that i i don't know anything about their relationship or the divorce but i wonder you know that the the process of her deciding that country music is no longer welcoming to her i wonder if in that process there was like that put strain on their own relationship because ryan hurd is obviously like a major major writer in country music and he's an artist too as well and i love his writing he's one of my favorite writers yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it definitely seems like there is a lot going on in her world all at once. So it's hard not to think, you know, maybe some of these things are connected in one way or another. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I mean, do... also, I what what the normal divorce rate, even just in a in a non-celebrity marriage, isn't it pretty high? It's like fifty percent or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even higher 50%. than that. Like I don't know. I'm not a marriage no, scientist no. or anything. I think you're right. But at the same time, it's like yeah. I mean, when you put all those pressures on it, and then you, you know, then you put it in under a microscope in a, in a way that everybody's going to know that it happens when it happens. You know, I I can't even imagine. Um, having people kind of, you know, talking about your personal life like that, like we are, but I I just can't help but feel like it's just something that maybe is potentially normal. I think you're right. I think sadly it is. I'm sure it's for the best for both of them. And you know what? Like we say all the time, we wish Maren Morris very well. I wish Ryan heard well too, but Maren seems like she's going through changes in her life. I'm sure it's a, a very interesting time for her. Yeah, that's the right word. Bigger, better places. It's gonna. I think it'll be a good thing for her. I it do. Sounds like it will be. Yeah. So you know what? You know what I was gonna ask you too. It's funny that so like as we go through, you know, we talk about so much music on this on this podcast, and we always have such great convos about it. But I wanted to throw something your way. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So Billboard is trying to do a, a survey 
on the greatest pop song ever made. Okay. Oh God. And okay, so they put a list out. They want people voting. I'm gonna I'm read you the list. Oh no. Okay? Yes. I'm going to read you the list. I feel like you're I about want... to piss me off, and I don't know why, but it's I just not... feel... Well, it's not my list, Frankie. It's not my oh, list. I'm just going to read you Billboard's list. list. Okay, so Was there a requirement attention. that it had to have been a number one at some point? I mean, or something like... Are there general requirements, or this is just objective? It just says... It, literally, all Billboard's asking is, what's your favorite pop song from our list? That's literally the question. Okay. okay? Come right. at me. Let's see. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Okay, so there's... Uh, seven, eight, nine. There's ten, 10 songs. Okay, so don't... Try okay. not to, like... Try to keep them sorted out, okay? So okay. the first one, The Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand. The second song, Tupac featuring Dre, California Love. I mean, yeah. The third song, Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. I mean, that thing is catchy AF, <laughs> like, come on. The fourth song, Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't love that? I would have picked a different Michael Jackson, but okay, okay. Okay, right. that's what they, hey, this is Billboard. This isn't Dave Boris. This is not Dave Billboard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the fifth song, Madonna, Like a Prayer. I actually Ooh, knew that was going like to be on there. Like, oh, okay, I, that, there that popped into my mind ahead of time. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Her okay. and MJ, yeah. So, sixth song, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. Yes! That's oh, a, my yeah, God. Like, I knew it. Seventh song, Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, of course. Yeah. Eighth song, The Temptations, My Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay. The ninth song, ABBA, Dancing Queen. Oh, come on. Yes. Let's go. And the tenth song, and the final song on this list, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I'm I'm not mad at I'm not mad at any of those. I like, mean, I, to, to be honest, like as somebody who's singing cover bands for so long, like those are the songs that that resonate with a hundred percent of the people in the room, yeah. regardless of their age. Um, I, I think that like. And yeah, every single one of those songs is a song that I know every single word to, regardless of the generation I was born in. Was there nothing within the past 10 years? Uh, so they're just ruling out. No, I think, yeah, the last the decade, 2010s. no. Yeah. They're just like, no, we, we're not going to count Oh, this. Jep- a Jepson must have been. Call Me Maybe must have been in the last. No, actually, was it? I think that, like, if if it was, it was right on the cusp there. Um, Yeah, I do feel like a few of these, and this, I'm not speaking to the song not being amazing because I 100% agree that all these songs are incredible. I do feel like a few of these were like, they we just felt like they, we had to throw a bone to a newer song and we sure. like had to throw a bone to like, um, to like California love, like California love is one of my favorite rap songs of all time. Is it one of the greatest like popular songs of all time though? That's I think that like, if you're going to, I think that I do personally think that if you're going to, if you're going to put a rap song in the running here, like it would have to be, Dr. Dre pre- yeah. or like produced by Dr. Dre. Like, yeah. you know, that's why I feel like they had to have a, a Max Martin one. And right. that was the, I want it that way, yep. you know, um, which is regarded lyrically to be one of the worst written songs. <laughs> um, it makes no actual lyrical sense, but there's like a magic to it. Oh yeah. And um, everyone, everybody knows, you know, the, that, the, the melody of the hook, right? Like, you know, every, yeah. like, doesn't matter like who you are, where you are. You can sing parts of that that song, even if you never listened to Backstreet Boys in your life. I'm trying to think of like anyone that I feel like maybe got left out or like, and you know, when I was saying like, oh, maybe a different MJ song, like, man, I mean, when you have that many songs like that are incredible, like, how do you even? I pick still think which one's the best. Billy. Well, I think that because Billie Jean is just 
I still think it's maybe the most icon, most widely known. I mean, that baseline. Well, it's not even a baseline. It's a it's a it's a synth baseline. But um, that that baseline is like, you know, boom, 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 boom. Like it's yeah. just like who doesn't who doesn't know what song that is? Like within two seconds. It does feel weird though, like not having a Jackson Five song on the list. Yeah, what's their? What was the one that was their huge hit? Um, I mean, I want you back was definitely like. I think if I were to say like, hey, something's missing from the list, I probably would have said I want you back. But like, can you have that one and a Michael Jackson song no, on the list? No, like, you can't. no. So no, you have to pick between the two. And the '80s is really only rep- represented. Well, no, they've got Whitney and Madonna. So that means they've got three '80s. Yeah, three '80s. Two '90s. Mm-hmm. Two 2000s. Tupac and Carly Rae. A '60s. The with Temptations. The Beatles. No and, '70s. And tem- yeah, I want to hold your hand. I think was '60s because that was like OG Beatles. I mean, let's be real. The '70s was a hot mess. Like disco, really. But ABBA. I mean, but Dancing Queen again. Okay, they had ABBA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They like had it. Yeah. Dancing Queen. I mean, man. Like again, we're talking about like songs that are so iconic that you two can't sweet not- two Swedish produced songs up in there. No Britney. No Christina. That's well, that fine. okay. I, so I think since you've been gone, definitely Britney's uh ooh. I've done it. Oops, I mean, oops, come I on. I did it again. Yeah, yeah, oops, I did it again. I really thought it was going to be that one, but if you had to pick a Max Martin produced song and like Hit Me Baby One More Time wasn't going to be it, you know, it was probably going to have to be I Want It That Way. Like the harmonies, the the boy band era. I, I mean, that like yeah. song defines an entire era of music. So is there any single song on here that you would pick above all else? It's so hard. So I mean, I, I don't know if I could pick a song above all else. Mm. Um, I think I personally would vote for Since You've Been Gone just because of like my connection mm. to it. Was, um, that your, but was that your song? Do I objectively think it's the best one? No, it's just my favorite was, one. That was the one that really hit you when it was yeah, like, when it I came mean, out? I was like 14 or something, you know, it was just like the age, you know, the age for listening to music in your bedroom and falling in love with it. And I totally yeah. fell in love with with her can i pick no can i think of songs that i think could have been on here yes um but it's a good list yeah you know i I think i think the one you could argue with the most is carly red jepson just because of the like the fact that maybe that wasn't a song of a multi-generational song but it has stood the test of time like yeah who who doesn't know that song at this point like yeah and Canadian from a melodic standpoint, it's definitely one of the catchiest songs, you know. It's of that almost time. like poisonous in its catchiness. Yeah. It's like it's almost like a biological weapon. Like it comes on those speakers and it just infests your brain and you can't get it out. And it's every section, like the the melody in the verse, in the pre chorus, in the chorus, like every single section. I know. Um before you came into my life, I missed you so bad. Ugh. So oh, I know, dude. You must have <laughs> sung that so many times down on Broadway. Yes, a billion. These are all songs, too, that I've sung a million times and never got old. And everybody loves them. You know who everybody loves? Aaron Pritchett. Aaron Pritchett was great. Yes. It was so it. wonderful having him on. I really, really enjoyed his storytelling is spot on. Yeah, and it was cool because it was one of the longer interviews we've had because, and you and me talked about this, like, sort of off, off mic, and we were like, wow, this, like, it's a bit of a longer thing, but as we talked about, there was not much you wanted to cut from it. You know, it felt like a full story. Like there was sort of this arc of him sort of accidentally getting into music and then this like incredible burning, like a rocket ship, then the sort of 
sort of middle period where he kind of lost himself and then returns with a fury again. It's just this incredible kind of musical story. Yeah. And I, and I've never, not to discredit any of his journey at all, but I've never seen somebody succeed so accidentally. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, it's certainly, even his story I, about how they accidentally cut that one song. Yeah. Yeah. My way. I know. That you know, was he so wasn't funny. even going to throw out the title for hold my beer. Like I know. he just kind of accidentally was like, I'm just going to let this one slip, I guess. And said it like, there's just so many big moments that, that from an artist standpoint, so many people would try it so hard to curate. And for him, it's like very Forrest Gump. Like it just happened to him. Like, and, you yep. know, he kept saying, like, you know, it was just this roller coaster ride. You know, I was yep, singing karaoke right. and, 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 and then just ended up on this roller coaster. And it, it is, uh, it's really cool to see that. Um, I will say, though, yeah. I will say it with all, but what he, what he's done so well is that with all of these sort of songs, he, man, he puts on a show. He is like a grinder, like when it comes, like he's an old road dog, you know, road warrior. And his shows are like epic. They're really, really fun. And he, uh, it's funny, we just saw him live uh, last week. I saw him, he was doing a charity show in Vancouver, so I got to kind of catch up with him post-interview, and it was fun to uh, sort of chat about it and then see him on stage, and he just still kills it. He still kills it. And of course, Hold My Beer, you know, he finishes with that, and the whole crowd's going nuts and everything like that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing, I'm going to have to see him at some point. Yes, you um, will. I really, one thing that really I found valuable was his advice that any new artist should should do a radio tour and should yeah. go from station to station, meet the people, do an interview, uh, you know, just promote it on the ground. And I think that it, radio, terrestrial radio is sort of mystical to oh, man, most young artists. Like how, do you, like, how do you promote to radio? How do you get stuff on singles? Do you, like, what, you mail something in? Like, what, I don't, I don't understand. Can I email someone? And um, what what he really said or what he said really showed that it is still about meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I found I found that really fascinating and it demystified the whole thing. And now I keep telling people you should do a radio tour sometime. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why. I just keep that's my advice for everyone now. No, thanks it's to I mean, Aaron. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. That I mean, it is great advice. And and the fact is this is still a people people industry, a networking industry. I mean, shoot, our our side of it, the writing side of it is is mega networking. I mean, every time you end up a red door, it feels like you kind of you're working at the same time as hanging out, you know, and meeting people. And I and and it, that that you know, that applies to every level of this industry. I shoot, even Kenny Chesney it was doing a Midwest radio tour just like a year and a half ago, just reconnecting with a lot of the, the program directors in the Midwest, just like his team just felt that it was time that Kenny kind of got back to a lot of those radios. So that's like, that's pretty amazing stuff. And I think that just reaffirms that that part of it is, is pretty important. And Aaron's, you know, he's so personable and he's been, you know, he's been in the Canadian, like he is an icon in Canadian country music. And I, I didn't want to use that word with him because he gets kind of embarrassed at things like that, but he truly is. Like in Canada, when you drop names, it's like you drop like Dallas Smith and, and a few other names, but Aaron's name is right up there with people like who've just been around kicking it and killing, you know, great, great tunes and, and putting them out and putting on great shows for so long. And, and Aaron is that guy. And he, he definitely gave us that great story, you know, of his life. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that, that interview. Mm -hmm. Yep. The wisdom of, uh, trying to take it slow and yeah. appreciate what's happening. That's right. Hold on to those memories and also, you know, spend time with your family. 
spend time with your friends, you know, yeah. uh, Enjoy have the that ride. work life balance. That's right. You know, even when your work is super fun and super crazy and, and, you know, you're kind of on that ride and getting caught up in it, it is important to have that balance. You're absolutely right. And, you know, that's one thing that you and me do very well is we have that nice balance. Even if I show up late to an interview like I did today, but the fans at home don't have to know it that that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> for, those okay. that, for those who, for those who, uh, who are listening... I, I was busy. I, f- I forgot to put it in my calendar, and, and Frankie like texted me, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was panicking, but we made he it. He was busy doing good deeds. Yeah, like, I was. can't I be was mad at him. Deeds. He was yeah. like, you know, yeah, helping people that. and stuff. Yeah, um, and we all, we all, and we're hoping that this interview with Aaron and our little episode here helped you a little bit too out there in podcast land. And we thank you for listening to the reflections. Should I yeah. wrap it? Do you want me to wrap it? Let's wrap it. So for everyone out there, no, I'm just yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, hey, you, can, you can do it. You <laughs> Should can do I it. do it? Yeah, I'll be not? you this time. Yeah, yeah. So for everyone out there in podcast land. I'm David Boris. And I'm Frankie C. And remember, everybody, everybody sucks. sucks.